What's up people? Welcome back to Rebranding Safety. It is part four, the penultimate episode of the Health and Wellbeing mini-series, and we are talking to sales warrior turned spiritual warrior. Let's jump into the intro and we could get into this podcast. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviors. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risk What's up people, welcome back to Rebranding Safety. If you don't know already, Rebranding Safety is the podcast and YouTube channel doing exactly what it says on the tin. We're here to challenge those over-the-top practices and challenge the perception of health and safety. So, if you're new here and you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and the bell so you never miss another episode. If you're listening on one of those podcast platforms, hit the follow button, the like button, whatever it is, just hit it. This is the penultimate episode of our health and well-being mini-series. I've enjoyed it and it's been really interesting for me because I haven't really been very healthy through this coronavirus lockdown, ironically. Coronavirus kind of just tipped me over the edge and I think the sorting a new job, new day job was a big was a big starting point to to the step. I get really emotionally invested in what I do, as, as probably most of us do. You know, we we spend so much time in our workplaces, um, and 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 it can really start to affect us beyond that workplace. You know, it's easy to say I just want that kind of job that I finish at five o'clock, and a lot of us do have those kind of jobs. And sometimes it's much harder to actually do that, to actually switch off. So. The next two episodes are kind of really about that. So in this episode, we're going to go really heavy, really deep into kind of like spiritualism and mindfulness. We're speaking with a guy called Paul Clark, who's been on the podcast before. Uh, he was part of our first ever miniseries where we talked about breaking the plateau and what he's doing with um, the HSE Global Series, which is kind of like uh, an event, a HSE, a specialist events group, essially. And um, if, you, if you're wondering what that is, you can go and watch some vlogs. I'll link them in the description below, um, where we went to um, their two-day event in the Cotswolds in the UK, and they do them all around the world. But anyway, Paul Clark is, like, if you met him, you would be like, is this lad's lad, like, you know, he's quite fashionable, you know, at the event in in uh, in February that he did in the Cotswolds, you know, he's wearing, like, a pink blazer, you know, you'd think, like, uber confident, he's got a lot of tattoos, but yet, unbeknown to me, not so long ago, this man was really struggling with a lot of things, and he found that his kind of enlightenment into... It's more spiritual thinking has dramatically changed his life. Now, I wanted to put this in this podcast because I do think that there is some value and some merit to listening to these conversations, being open-minded. Don't just wipe it off as some hippy-dippy bullshit. Just be open-minded with it. And and you might be sitting there thinking, well, I, you know, I'm here because I want to learn about what to implement at work, etc., etc. And this health and well-being mini-series 
whilst there are conversations within the conversations that we talk about implementing this stuff at work, you know, it is primarily about you. And, and that's why this has been so, so helpful for me through this process because I'm sitting here having these conversations about health and well-being when I'm not being very healthy I'm not be, you know have a very good well-being level at the minute and and I think the well-being thing I'll, I'll address I am addressing and, and kind of trying to deal with that but the health thing man I have it so bad and I have just I have been eating bad, I've been drinking too much, I've gained weight, I haven't been exercising. And the last couple of weeks since doing this health and wellbeing mini-series, it got me to a point where I felt really hypocritical because I'm talking to you guys about health and well-being and I wasn't doing any of the things that we were preaching in there. So I felt like a massive hypocrite. And I had this conversation with Paul and it just... I think it was really open-minded. It was really, really open-minded. And it was really eye-opening is the phrase I'm looking for. And I just like the way Paul kind of comes up this stuff. Is to, you know, he's really, in a way, he's kind of open-minded himself in that he knows that, you know, he's not going to listen to this and everyone's just going to jump off and start believing in the Buddha or start meditating every morning. I, and, you know, what? I've tried meditating a few times and I still struggle with it now, but I'm intrigued by it. I want, I'm intrigued as to what it can bring. You know, there's so many really successful people out there who just seem so comfortable in themselves. And I think that's a massive thing we need to get to. If we're healthy and we're comfortable with ourselves, we can be in a position where we can be better business leaders, better health and safety professionals, better managers, better machine operators, better construction workers, whatever we are, we can be better versions of that, but it has to start with us. If we're not in the right frame of mind, the work we do in the workplace, it's it just crap, it doesn't work. And when we're managing people's health and safety or we're making big risky business decisions, or even if we're making day-to-day -day operational risk-based decisions, these are big things. And if we're not in the right mindset, it's really dangerous. So. To bring to my point is that whilst you might be sitting listening to this mini-series and being like, he's kind of lost his tack, he's now talking about well-being because he jumped on the bandwagon, that's really fame for, uh, like, what's the word? That's really, um, what's the word I'm looking for, people? Come on, come on, come on, come on. It's really popular at the moment. To a point, maybe, maybe I was influenced by a bit by that, but this podcast for me is more about my personal journey. Like the next mini series that we've got coming up is around safety one and safety two and my personal journey of learning through that. And this is, this is a health and wellbeing mini series. This is my personal journey right now. I'm struggling with the same challenges that most of you are struggling with. I don't want to get on my bike at the moment. I don't want to run at the moment. I can't find time to meditate or do anything like that at the moment. I'm still skeptical about mindfulness, about meditating, about spiritualism and all that stuff. I'm intrigued by it, but I'm still skeptical. There's some things in this conversation with Paul that I'm just a bit like, what and and I can I, I can feel like the listeners going oh no way mate that's some hippy dippy shit right there and that's the amazing thing about Paul is that he gets that 
and he just addresses it and he's just like that's cool but like you know this works for me and I love that you know he's just like this works for me and he doesn't care if if you find this kind of higher being in in the Christ or whether you find it in Islam or whether you find it in in I don't know Buddhism or or any of the other religions out there or you don't find it in any religion whether you just find something that's what I really like about this conversation and this was kind of a pinnacle for me as I'm not saying I started meditating the next day you know this I'm recording this intro a couple of weeks after and I still haven't started meditating I still do not believe in a higher being but what's interesting about it is just how open-minded Paul is so I'm going to stop waffling on. Hopefully you'll find this interesting. Um, and I think following on from this episode, which I'll talk at the end about, the next episode is going to really talk about a really similar thing, but from a workplace point of view. So probably try to think of this as a personal thing. And then the next episode in the mini series, which I'll tell you about in the outro, is more from a business perspective. So I, I think this, this mini-series has been really good for me and I hope it's been really good for you. I'm going to stop waffling on. I'll let you get into our conversation with Paul Clark. Oh, and don't forget to buy our merchandise, w, merchandise www.rebalancedsafety.com. Some really cool shit on there. Let's get into the podcast. Cool. Paul, welcome back Bye. to the podcast. Thanks for having me back, James. I'm excited. It's good. I was just saying, complimenting you on your uh, mammoth behemoth microphone. Yeah. It's a bit, to be honest, a bit inferior to mine. (laughs) Oh, mate, I know that microphone. That's the first one I had. That's a good old eBay classic, that is. (laughs) It does the job. Yeah, it does, mate. We use that for ages. We have my little brother's got it now, but it's a cracking little mic for what it is. It cost, well, when I got it, it was like 25 quid. Um, but a little USB mic, it's spot on. Yeah, it's good for what it is. Great. Oh, mate. Yeah, hard times it. budgeting at the moment, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Uh, no, this is a this is a Rode NT1, and it's not that it's not that expensive, really. I think it's, oh, shit, I can't remember now. I think it's just over 100 quid, and you get the mic, and I don't, I don't think you get a lead, but you get a mic, and you get this, this kind of uh, shock stand thing but yeah if you if you're going to upgrade mate i would definitely go to road they're very very good quality for for a reasonable price for a reasonable price anyway mm. and to be fair this this windshield thing i mean it's it just makes it look bigger than what it is the mic's really not that big but it makes it look oh, juicier yeah. anyway <laughs> anyway last time you were on the podcast you were you were more a sales warrior now you're more like a spiritual warrior in a way, I suppose that's a that's an oxymoron, yeah. really, to be a spiritual warrior, isn't it? I suppose. Um, but anyway, for those that yeah. don't know, why don't you give an introduction into yourself? Uh, anyone that's kind of been living under a rock in the health, safety, well-being world, give us an introduction to yourself. Absolutely, yeah. Well, who hasn't been living living under a rock? Eh? <laughs> yeah. I think we've all been in that place at some point. That's a, I think that's the purpose. That's the purpose to get out, isn't it? to try and uh, not live under that rock much longer in life and trying to see everything for the beauty that it is and um yeah no uh i it's it's been a hell of a hell of a journey i mean when we spoke last time yeah i, I mean i started i've been in uh, mainly you know i'm a salesman by trade um and uh you know i've had the pleasure of working for some fantastic businesses and 
and in a sales role and you know joined um a group called gds group actually which i learned so much from a fantastic company great leadership and uh, uh but you know I, i'd say from my perspective you know growing up i uh I was driven by the wrong behaviors. You know, I think we, we all are a little bit, we're driven by um, this kind of need through capitalist consumerism to be sort of buyers and sellers, aren't we? You know, and I think that suited me down to the ground was, you know, the more that I sold, the more I could take, you know, and it created quite a, an ingrained, a deeply ingrained poor behavior in, in my principles and the way that I went around my life. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've moved on to Pastors New and started my own business, started off doing sales training um, and coaching. I'm a big believer everything leads to something and everything is connected. There is no such thing as a coincidence. And, um, you know, I started doing sort of sales training and recruitment and all that kind of stuff. Again, kind of chasing the dragon a little bit with finance, you know, just trying to, you know, less, learning from, you know, people like Grant Cardone and, and the wolf of wall street <laughs> um you know the more money you had the more happier you become and um i don't think that's right but at the time it led me to where i am so i don't regret it and then started working in health and safety and again everything happens for a reason but there's a lovely dharma isn't there with safety and the fact that we're we're involved whether you're running podcasts or you're in events management like my one of my companies uh hsc global series provide physical events <clears throat> we're able to help uh, people become safer, healthier in their lives and in their workplaces. And I just think that's amazing. You know, it, it really helps me get up in the morning, although, you know, I'm pretty much uh, self-motivated, but it's a lovely way to spend my time because I don't like the, I don't like the word job. I, I want to find a new word for work and job because it's just something we do with our time and what a better, what a beautiful way to spend my days is creating products that help people become safer, healthier and better. So yeah, the, the events uh, portfolio was, is, is the business. Um, but on a personal note, I, um, you know, I was spiraling out of control, drugs, alcohol, um, uh, porn, uh, sex addiction, just anything really that filled the gap. You know, I was always needing things very needy. And um, just because that, that hole was so big, because I didn't really know what I wanted. My, my consensus of what was good for me was if I had more stuff, if I had a bigger house, nice car, a big business, my ego was completely in control uh, that my life would turn out to be great. And how many times do we hear that the, the richest people are always the most unhappy? Um, <clears throat> and I think it's... Um, it's been a transformation for me. I hit a rock bottom and I had to quickly, uh, I lost everything, family, children, you know, my company was nearly bankrupt. Um, and I had to make a choice. I had a, a life threatening situation due to my using, uh, which made me suddenly think, right, you know, <laughs> rock bottom, you know, where do I go from here? Things aren't working. Something needs to change. And I had to quickly make a decision to change and transform my life. So, yeah, I started, uh, I worked in 12-step recovery. I started doing 12-step recovery, which is a wonderful, beautiful um, fellowship and uh, process, spiritual process and being able to um, kind of turn our will and lives over to the power of a higher power and also start to get some principles in the way that we live our lives. Um, and that was, has been amazing. Uh, but then I started reading a lot of books, picking up a lot, a lot of literature, listening to you know, some of the greatest sages of our time, 
Eckhart Tolle, Russell Brand, Deepak Chopra. I mean, there's loads of to list uh, um, just a few there. But yeah, taking this literature, learning, constantly self-development, and, and that's helped me in my transformation to be able to understand deeper spiritual principles, which is the basis of my life now. <clears throat> it's given me, it's filled that hole. I no longer crave for things to be different. And I'm also now in a position with a new business that we started called The Spirit Junkie because I'm getting asked to talk a lot at events. I'm speaking in Berlin in February, I've got, which hopefully will take place. Um, but I'm doing a lot of uh, live talks now, which have been really, really beneficial. Uh, and I've put together a lot of video literature and created a group called The Onion Mental Health Group, which is helping people with anything from drug addiction to anxiety, depression, negative thought, just helping them transform their lives because uh, I'm a big believer. I don't keep what I have unless I give it back because, you know, nobody helped me. I had to find it myself and I could have died. Um, I could have died and I don't want anybody to have to go that far in order to learn the lesson that I've had. So, I mean, that's currently where I am is, um, you know, that's, that's my story so far. Wow. Not really sure where to go from that. I mean, I hate when uh, we have these people, these really kind of harrowing stories like yourself, uh, Jason, Louise, um, you know, and the three that kind of come to mind, Abby as well, you know, that have had these kind of, and I give that introduction and, and I always just think, like, Jesus, you know, he's, but in, it's interesting because what, what, what made that connection for you? So you mentioned that, you know, you hit a real low point, you know, you pretty much, you know kind of lost everything you had your, your substance abuse issues and that what made the connection between the kind of the, the spiritual literature and stuff that you were reading when was the point you said no one helped you like how did you come across it because i feel like it it's it's get it's growing more and more popular and i think people like russell brand have really helped that because of he's got such a massive following so now he's become quite spiritual in itself like if you listen to his new fascinating podcast he's a great podcast to be fair um it brings it more into the public eye but i suspect maybe when you were going through your kind of really challenging times it wasn't really in the public eye back then how, how did you kind of come across to find this this kind of you know mindfulness spiritual kind of approach on life mm. yeah it's a it's quite an interesting conundrum really um you know, I, the rock bottom, I'll always remember it. And uh, I'm able to see it for what it was now, which was an experience. It was, um, you know, I try not to label things anymore, good and bad. Uh, that's a really important element in the process of uh, transcending and transforming your way of looking at life is, you know, we're constantly branding things. We're constantly giving things names that have a meaning to give it a meaning. And... Um, you know, my rock bottom was, uh, you know, having almost nearly a heart attack as a result of my using um, and my behavior. Um, and that was just, I was constantly, the, the, the major change was no longer craving for things to be different all the time. You know, never being happy. We're our own worst enemy. We don't actually take time to take stock of the thing that bring us joy and bring us happiness. Um, and that's really quite sad, you know, and it's driven by outside experience, you know, um, the more that we're inundated with, you know, advertising, you know, uh, some of these shows on TV that 
you make us feel like we're creating a, a, an alter ego in the person that we think we want to become. And we're so far disconnected from the person that we really are. That that's really where I was, you know, that was where I was. It was trying to be somebody that I was not, you know, noticing the difference in the way that I act with different individuals to try and get them to like me mm. constantly craving for the people to want my attention, wanting to be center of attention. Um, you know, through step work, uh, I've got a really good understanding of my past, you know, which was rocky, you know, but everybody's got their stories. Uh, I don't think my story defines me as different, but I think the big thing for me is, uh, knowing, you know, we say about Russell Brand, I got, I find this again, and it's, I've I got to say, it's not an egotistical thing. Cause I don't, I don't, I look at it for what it is, but uh, I was on Elevate Lives podcast and they compared me to a, a, a more relatable Russell Brand. And I was, a long time ago, I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's me. But it's, it's, not, it's nice to have that kind of uh, acknowledgement. Um, Russell's the best as far as I'm concerned. And he's also in recovery. I've met him a couple of times and he's taught me everything. Lots of really fantastic stuff about recovery. But actually, we're all one and the same. We're all actually, the way that I've been able to transform is through surrender, through surrendering to the fact that my willpower alone is not going to get me healthy. It's not going to make me happy. Um, and surrendering to the fact that I am not in control of situations and being able to ask for help. That is the main thing for anybody suffering because addiction is a mental illness. It's a misconception of being able to live life presently. Um, and it's a misconception or it's just something we do. You know, that's something addicts do because it brings them joy in the present moment when they're craving for things to be different. So for me, it was that element of I need to surrender to the fact that I am not in control. Um, and I need to surrender to the fact that I want my life to be different. I, I, you know, I'm not trying to sugarcoat that in the moment, in the present moment, while I'm using or I'm drinking or I'm being nasty to my family or ignoring the people that I love or, you know, watching pornography or any of these things that in that present moment bring me joy. Um, I ask myself the immediate question, is this going to bring happiness to the people around me? And the three keys are compassion, love and kindness, you know, that's what we're all craving is that connection. Um, and I watched the podcast with Eckhart Tolle and Russell Brand last night, actually. It was absolutely amazing. And the whole thing, he asked, Russell asked Eckhart one question. And the question was, what do you make sense to the current world and the current situation that we're in with, obviously, the current race war and discrimination, which is just appalling, obviously, that we are still in that place and have the situation with uh, the COVID uh, uh, pandemic. Um, and the whole conversation stemmed around connection in, in that sort of entirety of oneness, that we're all connected, we're all one and the same, whether you're Russell Brand that has a way with words that nobody else in this world has as his gift, or you're me and you've got your story and you've got your transformation. But the, the thing that I can say openly, openly and honestly now is that I, I have control by giving my control away now it sounds a bit silly it's a bit of a paradox um, but by actually surrendering to the present moment and having a relationship with the present moment which isn't labeled with a this is a good or bad experience and this is an opportunity for me to grow as a human being that has been the real powerful transformation 
daily in my life. And from the minute I gave up um, fighting against my ego, my problems, my obsessive thought, my obsessive, compulsive, obsessive compulsive behavior, when I gave up, and I surrendered that I wasn't in control, that was when I finally got control back. And that is the absolute pinnacle of change. You know, the, we, they say with metamorphosis to occur, the old must die, right? And that I really believe in in any situation is that you, you must, it must die inside you. That, that, that Paul Clark that was five years ago that I'll never regret, is no more because it's died in me and now i've had the opportunity to grow and and start living my life so surrender um creating an action of love compassion kindness but also just an element of oneness we're all connected and we're all one and the same we just come in a different size meat sack a different shape different color and that doesn't matter i like that i think i think if we can I think that there's there's lengths, there's legs in that, isn't there? Like if if we as a, as a even as a as a one one country or a nation or a world can can start to just move past those material and and kind of ob- observational based decisions and and preconceptions, which is fascinating, isn't it? Um, that that we still that we still do that that we still ju- and I, I would say even you know I like to consider myself somebody who's kind of person that'll be friends and and like everybody give everyone a chance but you you do it you naturally do it I think we're raised to do it to judge people um, I really like that kind of Gary V's kind of consistent message where he says you know you can't judge people without context and I, and I I pretty much live my life around that now like. You can't make any judgment without context. Um, you know, you don't know why somebody's in that position. Um, so don't, so don't kind of judge them. But it's fascinating that our world and our culture is built around that exact opposite. It's built around judgment. It's built around class. It's built around you. You have to. I mean, you just look at look at like the way that we educate people, educate children. It's all about becoming better. You know, when you're looking for a job, it's how can you stand out, which inherently ingrades a competition in your mind, which extends into your personal life, your professional life, and everything as to how can I be better? I am better than you, um, and that's how it always is. It was funny because. I think that I struggle with that personally a lot. I think me and my friend, we were having a good chat the other day and I, and I said to him, like, we were talking about houses. So he said, oh, James, do you think you'll, do you think you'll move house? And I said, yeah, probably in about five years I'll, I'll move house. And he said, what, do you want something bigger? I said, well, obviously, obviously everyone would like something bigger, probably, yeah. But for me, the driver was a school for my, for my future children. The second point was we, we ended up moving on to this conversation that if we look at what houses, what material stuff we have now, and then put ourselves into our shoes when we were you know, teenagers, you know, I come from a very working class background. And if I went into my house as a child, I would have gone, wow, what amazing house, what a massive house. But yet as an adult, I only see the negatives in my house. I only see the fact that I can get one car on the driveway. I only see the fact that 
I don't really have a front mm. garden. You know, I only see the fact that, oh, my back garden could be a little bit bigger. Or I don't have a utility room or, you know, and, and, and then sometimes I look at myself and I listen to myself thinking and I'm just like, who are you? Like you, you were born and raised mm. in this like two up, two down council house, which your mum had to work four jobs to keep. Do you know what I mean? And now you're looking at your, your own house that you own at the age of 29 and you're going, Oh, it's not good enough. But but society kind of it's, it's similarly in safety, you know, in behavior based safety and, and in and in kind of safety too, we talk about context and environment driving our behaviors. And it's the same in society. We we we're ingrained in us to look at all these material things, my car, my house, all of this stuff, my you know, my job is better than yours. Look at the what's your job title versus my job title. Society kind of demands it. So I feel like and I'm gonna to get to my point, don't worry. But I feel like it's, it's real hard to take the, and I'm speaking from my own kind of experience and feelings, it's really hard to take that step into this kind of more mindfulness or, or kind of, you know, spiritualist kind of thinking, which I think, you know, I back and I think it's been beneficial, but it's really difficult when the world's not wired that way. So, and I understand change comes slowly, but, you know, for the kind of general populace, I feel it's really difficult. There is that stigma around it still. I don't know if you, what you think about that or, or if you agree or disagree. Yeah, I, there's, I got so much, uh, I'm trying to put some notes down because yeah, I got so I much do that a lot. And, I, uh, um, I waffle a lot. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> No, 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 no. You're because you you've really hit on some really important topics, um, which need shaping, and we need to hit on if people want to start. We all, we all. The one thing that is inevitable is we all want to be happy, right? Over anything else, our connection to happiness is driven. Yes, absolutely. We live in a world which is driving a, a culture of buyers and sellers. More stuff more happiness, you know, bigger house, bigger families. Um, we, I read, I'm reading a book at the moment. Again, I've got to be really careful. The one thing that I've learned from spiritualism and the drive towards what I'm trying to achieve as a human being, I've got what I want in terms of understanding. Uh, and I'm connected now to the love of the universe and the fact that I trust in every day to everything is as it should be. Um, I don't need anything to make the wheels of my life turn any faster, any better. Uh, like I say, my job and my business, of course, you know, I love what I do. And, um, you know, if we have a bigger family, if we, if we were able to afford to have a bigger house, then it, it, that's part of my journey. But I'm not craving for it. I'm not sat there looking at things going, again, it comes to crave. When you crave for things to be different, that is when you're the most unhappy. Um, there's a book by Gabrielle Bernstein called, called The Universe Has Your Back, which I'm reading at the moment, which is absolutely wonderful and I highly recommend it. And it's about connecting into the present moment and connecting into the love of the universe and then things just start to happen we all face really hard times in life um but again look i've just done it myself i'm not the finished article because life is all about remembering who you are it's not about learning uh, step by step it's actually about remembering that's why when we start to get older we start to actually bed into a much more 
amicable way of life and happiness, things just start to happen. Uh, what I want to in, educate is for people to get there quickly. You mentioned about the education system. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, I'm uh, Deepak Chopra. I learned this from him that, you know, he just teaches his kids. If you, as long as you're loving, kind and compassionate to others, you'll get exactly what you want out of life. Um, there's uh, something that's come from, uh, it's the Tai Chi um, book. Uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top. Uh, the Tao Tai Chi, I think it's called. I read it every morning, so I should know the name of the damn book. But it's uh, when, we, when, we, when we commit and um, we admit that we have everything that we want already we we don't we won't lose anything does that make sense but when we're constantly saying we need this we need that when we don't get it we're, we are spiraling out of control we're always looking at the things that we don't have which we end up living our lives consistently unhapy and uh, it's a difficult transformation because you're totally right. We're surrounded. When we, when we turn on the TV, adverts after adverts, cars, um, reality TV shows of people with Botox, you know, the, with uh, all sorts going on to change the way they look. So they have to fit the mold of what we class as a celebrity status. We put all these brands on things and labels and we're, we're, we're actually, we are an insane world, you know, but that's fine. Do you know why? Because we're all at, I used to really resent when I found my way, when I now understand the things that I do and I'm learning the things, you're never going to have it perfectly, but that's the beauty of life. It's all about that transformation, that learning every day, how to be a better human being, how to be able to gain, get the information that can help me transcend spiritually so that I am enough and everything in terms of the world is enough. Instead of resenting the actions and everything and the experiences that are going on, you've got to remember that everybody is on their own journey from Donald Trump to, um, you know, world leaders, you know, to celebrities, to people that are just grassroots no matter what, how much money you have no matter what your status you're still a human being and that's the thing about the kind of you know we say about country differences you know have we got that right should we be segmented by country are we not one world we've slowly created that separation from our race from the color of our skin from males to females we all have specific unique differences but that doesn't mean that we have to isolate ourselves to being completely different because we're not and we're one and the same. So that kind of global um, uh, fragmentation and, uh, and, and miscommunication uh, and um, that separation is a global problem. So my, uh, where I'm enthusiastic about change is we are, we are put into situations like the pandemic. And I said this to on the onion, I've publicly spoke about this, that, it's, of course, I was fearful. Uh, it created fear for my family, for, for my financial situation, for the businesses that I own. But actually, there was an opportunity. And instead of me losing my shit over the situation and losing control and throwing my toys out of the pram, this isn't fair, or I should be having this. I had all this planned. I had a beautiful holiday plan. I accepted the present moment and the situation experience for what it was. I took it as a calling for us to see an opportunity for humanic growth. And that is, if you can do that in any situation, if you lose your job today, 
or you have a, a life-threatening situation, should you be living your life more effectively? Should you be giving up smoking? Should you be not doing as much training? You know, some people overtrain, they do too much on their bodies, they put their bodies under too much stress. Because again, our agenda, what's our agenda for wanting to train so much? What's the point in dieting yourself into the ground? Because we're trying to reach a status, okay, a conceptual status that's man-made, that's brought on from the world that we live in. The world is a bit, is insane. It's as simple as that. But the only way it's going to change isn't by the people around us. We're never going to change the experiences around us. It's each individual's consciousness and awareness to be able to transform their selves, to be able to create a global shift in consciousness that we can then become better human beings. We've seen major benefits come out of this pandemic. Uh, you know, if we talk about the racial situation, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot, I, I won't go into that because I've had a number of conversations with people about it. And, um, I think we're at a transformative space. We've got an opportunity here. We've brought something to the surface. It's not going to happen overnight. You're talking about billions of people with different opinions, but it's, it's an, a personal shift in consciousness. And if you shift that consciousness with your decision-making based on love, compassion, kindness, and we can billionize that by individual, we will see a shift in this world that you will change this whole world forever. But, you know, we could break down the, the, uh, the country differences. It's a, it's a long game. We're infant in comparison to this universe, infant. We might think it's a long time since the dinosaurs and the Big Bang, but actually it's really not in comparison to universal status. We are just a baby in, in a time capsule traveling around billions of miles an hour around a universe and we're still figuring things out and that is okay but it starts with you as an individual it starts with your principles your beliefs and if you want your life to change ask yourself three questions number one um am i willing to change you know generally am i willing to change am i happy right now and if, if you can turn around and say, I'm not, I'm not happy. Why am I not happy? And then don't spiral off into, well, I haven't got this. I haven't got that. Well, this happened to me, la, la, la. Because it doesn't help. It's just fear-based. You know, we live by fear, which is driven through our economies, our societies, our cultures. We need to transform that to, yes, I could be better as a human being. Number two, are you absolutely willing to do anything in your power to change that? And that means actually deconstructing your ego-based way of life, you know, completely separating yourself from the ego. It's always going to be there. It's always going to shout at you. You need to take that car or you need to not give that pay rise because you need that money more than somebody else or something like that. Um, you need to be completely willing to transform. You need to be doing everything in your power to achieve that. And number three, which is the most important, is you need to ask for help. There are so many fantastic people that are moving their lives forward, that are transforming this world, like Deepak, like Eckhart, like Russell Brand, other people that are helping for free get content out there to help people transform their way of life and change the world forever um are you willing to ask for help and that doesn't 
and calling Russell Brand, but watching his podcasts, watching his videos, picking up the books, you know, Eckhart told Power. Now, anybody that ever asked me for support, I asked them to buy that book because we don't live presently. And when you start to live presently, things start to open up. But yeah, that, hopefully that touched on a majority of the points that you made, but very, very valid questions, mate, and very much uh, on the right lines to what we need to do to achieve a global uh, awakening. Yeah, I think ugh, there's just so much to this conversation, isn't there? Like, it's absolutely huge. And I, I like the way you talk about it. It's similarly to something, you know, obviously, I, I have much cruder examples of the way I explain things. And you, 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 you're starting to speak quite well yourself. So um, you, uh, you, I can see that correlation with Russell Brand. Didn't mention it. It, it probably pains you to hear again, but it's, uh, it's, I can see it. You the way you're talking about this and I think most of that comes from passion I think it's, it's always very interesting when you get someone who's passionate about a subject on this podcast and we just have a chat you know it's, it's better to have passion than, than a script I think for a podcast but anyway to get to my point it's interesting that the way you describe how we get this kind of you know, world change, the change that we, that, that we, that we need or, or that we, you know, you, you believe we need, it's, it's one by one. And I've always explained it from a business perspective, the way, mm. the way people talk about change is, or we're going to implement this change management program and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then two years later, we're like, oh, I didn't work, they'll do something else. And it's like, well, it doesn't work like that. Change takes an unbelievable amount of time, depending on how big the change is, obviously. But when we're talking about changing the way people act, changing the way people think, you've got to think of it like a virus. Now, I used to use the example World War Z, like a zombie virus, right? But actually now, thank thankfully to coronavirus, I've got a very good and prominent example in coronavirus. This change and uh, spreads like a virus. It goes from one person to another person to another person. It's, 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 it's engaging with different people. It's understanding and listening, I think, with, with, without bias. Like, I think we all listen, don't we? I think we all listen, but we kind of don't hear which I think is, is an interesting point. Quite similarly to like Sherlock Holmes says, you look, but you don't see Watson. It's similarly to like that. I think, I think a lot of us listen and we look at things, but we don't actually see and hear well what we're talking about or what we're, what we're seeing. Um, so for example, you know, you're talking to someone and say health and safety is a prime example. It's a prime example. The amount of times I've had a conversation around health and safety with a business leader, like, yes, we support health and safety. We love it. And, and, and they say, tell me more about it, James. So I tell them more. And I'm like, I can see you're listening, but you're not hearing what I'm saying. It's not going in. And I feel like we do that with this kind of, you know, we're, we're all talking about meditation now. We're all talking about mindfulness. We're all talking about reducing presenteeism and all that stuff. But are we actually taking away some of these key messages from it? Um, and I suppose to your, that backs up your point that the way we actually implement this then is we just keep talking about it. We just carry on putting that message out there. Would you agree? Or do we need something bigger? Yeah. I think uh, with, uh, I shared this actually at a talk last week, but we, we're masters of being able to spread hate at an excruciating pace, you know, mm. and 
unkindness and pain and suffering we're, we're masters of being able to spread that i don't think people realize how powerful one person is you know read this book that we're all gods and goddesses in embryo um we are very very powerful beings uh we're all made up of the same stuff right it's all energy even this this table although matter defines it as a table and we labeled it with a load of letters on a page and called it a table. It's all just made of the same stuff, you know? And, um, you know, when, when we spread the right energy, when we create the right energy, we manifest the right energy. Um, you know, we see pockets of just really loving things going out, but we quickly change our minds. You know, we quickly forget, uh, and then we get back into our old way of life. Um, it's, it's, a uh, it's a global shift in consciousness. It's a global awakening. It's, but that stems from a personal awakening. We all need to awake as human beings um, and stop wanting and needing so much and just living life as simple as possible, letting ourselves connect into the energy source. You know, I, 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 look, I don't know what there is and isn't as a means to something sacred. I'm not a religious person in terms of I'm not, culturally uh, uh religious i'm i'm uh, i was um christened um because i wanted to have that connection i was trying to find that connection did you know that prayer was the top rated google search last month top rated so that shows that people are trying to connect to something sacred we're all in the hunt for something meaningful something sacred that's going to help us understand we're all trying to rationalize and conceptualize what what we're here for and we're all even scientists and some science is fantastic to dis the, the discoveries being able to travel through space but we are we're always trying to understand stuff that we're never going to really know the answers to um and that is the basis of spiritualism is uh, you only need to see the effects and it's a absolute miracle I'm clean and sober because I didn't know any other way of being able to live my life. I was chasing weekend by weekend the opportunity to go out and get pissed and to party because in that present moment I'd be craving for things to be different. You know, we all do, you know, when you've got a stag weekend coming up and you're sat behind your computer at work and you're like, I really don't want to be here. I want to be on this stag. I want to be having fun. I want to be having a good time. That is uh, unfortunately the way that we've created our world. We created these ways in which we have to, enjoy ourselves and we're seeking pleasures it's all pleasures you know little bits of of joy when actually we have the power to be happy at all times and these you know mindfulness is again it's mindfulness is a uh, john cabot zinn amazing man has packaged up you know the eastern meditation practice has packaged it up redesigned it in a way that the western culture can understand um basically what these Indian dudes have been talking about for 600 years, you know, which I think is amazing. Um, we have an element of, it's all based around fear, right? We're so deeply connected to the, 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 this, what we see through our very limited senses, you know, uh, an, an insect sees everything in different colors, you know, 
violets, reds, you know, um, different colors, some with multiple vision, you know, I just find that's amazing. We don't understand what consciousness is like for an insect or or a tree, which has, you know, the chemical and uh, the bodily makeup of of a living being, you know, it has everything in terms of consciousness to be able to grow. You know, we all have these things. When you talk to people like this, the ones that kind of, you, nobody's going to go, do you know what, Paul? I'm going to start meditating and I'm in my ass off in the mornings. There's no point doing that unless you truly want to seek out um, a way of living your life in a, in a more truly rewarding way, right? If you're okay going out partying, living your life and everything in terms of the story that you have for the next 80 years or 30 years, 20 years, no matter whatever age you are and whatever time you're short-lived in this, what is a, a, a physically bound experience if you're a spiritual person, um, then that's cool, man. Like that is totally your call. And everybody has their right to live this journey uh, as they want to. But we're soon going to find out one way or the other when we pass, is there really more to this? And I definitely want to make sure that my experience, I am in a position that I can experience it for what it is because it is a short time. And I, whether I had no home, no business, nothing, I still have the ability to create and manifest anything I want to, but I have to be connected into that energy and into that power. And that's why meditation, mindfulness, any kind of deep underlying spiritual principle that can help you connect into that energy consciously is so powerful because when you, when you're aligned with the powers of the energy of the universe into or what people call it universe, people call it God. If you're in the 12 step, we call it a higher power. It's, it's an energy source in which we have the ability to create and transform the life that we need. We've created amazing things over the past you know, 200 plus years, you know, incredible things. We've had amazing feats and that has come from conscious, but also when we create the better things and the better movements in our world that really transform our world for the better, those are conscious decisions. When we create things that don't last and when and nothing lasts forever or things that are providing harm and suffering, those are unconscious decisions. So to reach consciousness instead of unconsciousness, it's the same with drugs and alcohol. Alcohol makes you unconscious. We know that. So why are we craving to have an unconscious uh, experience? What is the benefit of that is to get is to disconnect us from the real world. But the real world is an illusion as we see it anyway. It's not real. It's all I heard it from a a spiritual teacher. I forget his name now. But it was, uh, you know, life's all one big magic trick. We just don't realize that we're the magician. And I just find that really, really insightful. I just, it makes me really ground myself in the fact that this is all just one big party trick and we're all just here to have a wonderful time, a wonderful experience. You absolutely can have that. So why not use these tools? This will go in the ears of some and out the other. Some, I've got a girl called Chloe Price who works with me now, has been doing coaching with me for quite some time through the Onion. 
and she has transformed her life completely. Her life is better. She messages me all the time telling how happy she is. She doesn't have anything necessarily going on any different to what she has before. And that's the difference. If you could be happy with exactly what you have now, comparison to exactly what you had a year ago, and be happy with what you've got, that's transformation in personal consciousness. And that is what we're getting at. And then what happens is things just start happening for you. Things start generally happening because you're not craving for it. You can ask the universe to give you and deliver the things that you need as long as it's not monetary. We're, we all are entitled to abundance and wealth, but we're not sat there going, I want a million pounds. I trust in the universe to be able to deliver me the experiences that are going to help me reach my higher self, best action, and be able to not only give back to my families, to myself, to give to myself in, a, in an abundant way, but to the universe as well. And I put all my power and resources into things like this with you, James, which is going to help the world become better. And if that is a beautiful dharma to have. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a shameless sponsorship clip. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt your awesome podcast. I, I, I'm sure you were getting well into it, but I want to talk to you about loan working. It's a challenge for all of us because nine times out of 10, nothing goes wrong. But what I think we, we lack in, in loan working is having a little bit of a capacity to fail safe. If something goes wrong, you know, who knows that that worker is in trouble? Does anyone know? How do they know where you are? And is there any help coming? How do we communicate? Sometimes we can say, well, we'll just text them. And you know what? Texting them is probably a good idea. Having that kind of check-in for some things like just popping into a, an office that we don't really use at the moment because we're all locked down or, or whatever. It's probably a good solution. But if something did go wrong, a text is a really hard thing to do. And that's why I partnered up with this company called SafePoint to get you guys some discount because I just love what they're doing. They're innovative, it's easy to use, they've got some extra kind of hardware pieces that you can buy and complement it and they've got some really cool stuff in there like this three word thing where basically the app creates these three words and those three words when you communicate them to the emergency services tells them exactly where you are, like pinpoint. So it's not like you're having to go, oh, I don't know, I was out of my bike and I took a left off of, um, oh, I don't know the road. You know, that don't, that's not gonna help anyone, is it? And that's why this three word thing is so cool. So it'll be like sheep, lamb, cow. And you'll be like, I've got the three word thing. And they'll be like, okay, cool, what are the three words? Sheep, lamb, cow, boom, we know where you are. We'll be there in 10 minutes. It's like, that is cool, man. And that's why we partnered up with them. So go check them out at SafePointApp dot com forward slash rebranding safety use the code rebranding safety if you sign up for the monthly plan you get 10% off your first month but if you sign up to the annual plan you can get 10% off the entire year of the entire first year man just from typing rebranding safety and obviously we get a little bit of a kickback so you can support your favorite podcast at the same time as nailing the risk of loan working i'll let you get back into the podcast It is beautiful, to be honest. And 
but I'm intrigued at this, this point of control. So, so bear, bear, feel free, like, but let, let, let me just caveat what I'm going to say, right? Is that I, I don't, I don't practice any of this stuff. I'm intrigued by it, if I'm honest, and I'm intrigued in the potential of it. And everything that kind of comes up that, that kind of says, you know, whether it's within my work or within my personal life or anything that comes up that says, hey, this is a new way of thinking that could potentially make your job or your life better. I'm always a bit like, mm, okay, I'm open-minded to that. I'll have a listen. And, and that's, a, that's why I'm asking this question. So, you say about control, and it's interesting that when you when you first mentioned control, you said you you got control by giving control away, and then and then some. I think some people were just kind of the the one of the voices in my head saying, "Well, hang on a minute, you're talking about your you're in control," but then in the same sentence you're saying, "Well, the universe or the or God or whatever, how, however we want to kind of depict that in our in our thoughts, that's what's making the decisions. That that this stuff's going to happen. It's 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 you know it's just for us to just uh, accept that and allow that to happen well surely that is like we're not in control so is what you're saying is it the fact that we need to accept that we're not in control of what's going to happen but be in control of how we feel about that it, have i interpreted that right or or am i completely off base <laughs> no no so it, and it's a difficult paradox to understand you know because it, and you're not supposed to understand it that's the beauty and you you you've absolutely hit the nail on the head in what i mean as as a world as a group of conscious beings that we're all trying to conceptualize we're all trying to use science and everything to explain the world we live in and that's because of two things fear well no mainly fear is the fear that we we need this reality that we perceive to be we need to conceptualize it we need to understand it because it gives us security but um you know that only attaches us to the story more and more um and i don't think that's a bad thing you know i'm well aware that you know i'm uh, five foot eight i've got brown hair i've got uh, my businesses i've got a wonderful family i've got a house over my head i've got food on the table i'm well aware of the things that uh, i'm drawing in in the present moment on a daily basis day by day but I'm, I'm not attached to it. it. It comes down to attachment. So attachment and surrender are two very, very important things. Um, it, looking at and focusing on the things that I have with great detail only distract me from being consciously aware of the signs and the direction that the universe has given me. I'll give you an example. Um, you know, again, this is, I don't come across as the kind of person, certainly if you've met me two years ago and I was talking to myself about this stuff, I'd be like, what are you going on about? <laughs> but two years ago, I was completely that person in the fact that I was uh, very skeptical of, of uh, I was intrigued, okay? Yes, I was a drug addict and alcoholic, you know, it wasn't aggressive, uh, I wasn't a heroin addict or anything like that, but I used drugs and I used alcohol as a means to bring me the pleasures that I need to suffice uh, and to ensure that I was getting something out of my life. Um, and so, you know, the, the, I can only explain it in the fact that surrender was, was, was giving up the attachment to everything and just letting everything kind of happen for me. Of course, you still need to get up in the morning. You still, I still need to be in work because 
I'm, I am the creator of my experiences for me. There are experiences that are completely outside of my control that are created through, uh, you know, if we look at the reasoning behind the pandemic, women at a back, should we, be, again, this is going on to, uh, onto a completely different page, but you know, there's the, the element of, should we be eating animals? Should we be eating other animals? You know, animals eat animals. You know, there's that whole uh, contradiction of whether we should be doing that. We're still unsure, you know, and it's all uh, an alleviation and of experience. And it's an understanding of where we need to go with this life as we perceive it. And taking that consciously, when we look at an animal, we think to ourselves, should we be eating that animal? It's a question to be had. Um, you know, I, I, for anything that goes on in my life now, for example, the pandemic, I surrendered to the experience. I surrendered to the fact that in the present moment, there is very little I can do to stop what's happening happening. But what I can do is look for signs and look for the opportunity for humanic growth in myself. And that it's the key to surrender and the paradox is that if I fight it in the present moment, well, I need to be doing this. I need to navigate to this. What if this happens? What if I lose all my money? What if my business goes out? Oh, what is what is which create anxiety and depression and fear? And we, we that cloud of fear that, that, that if we were all living in this, in this fear bubble across the world, and I'd say it's pretty segmented. You've got pockets of love and you've got a hell of a lot of fear. I'd probably say the world is more 70% fear than it is love so how we get that shift towards um uh, away from fear in any experience that we go through is going surrendering to the present moment i there's nothing to be fearful the universe is as it should be and i trust in the universe so i've given up the attachment i've given up the conscious need for developing and manifesting a fear-based scenario and a fear-based world for myself and i've actually gone down the lines of i trust in the fact that everything will be okay and i trust in the love of the universe that everything is going to happen for a reason and move me to where i am i wouldn't be in this position i wouldn't be a deeply spiritual growing awakening human being that is providing uh that is clean and sober that has successful businesses not monetary successful but successful business in the fact that i'm able to help other people i have a wonderful family my children even say it to me day my my son says it to me a lot and i used to get upset by it but he say i like you more now daddy than i did to you you know when i was younger Wow. And he's eight years old and that might be hard for people to hear but he was right because i was embedded in a world of of everything i was so attached to this life story to everything that i see on tv to what other people had i wanted trying to chase the and have, give me the status that i need to be successful to be one of the best you know and that was that comes from surrendering and that paradox of if I surrender this, this conception of how my life is going to be and trust that in the present moment, nothing else matters. The past is history. The future is, is determined now in how I act and how I behave. And if you break those down to love, compassion, kindness, if everything I do is based on love, I will create and manifest love around me. And it's so simple, you know, why, why wouldn't anybody else want that? Why would, I was like you intrigued and I'm not expecting you to come away from this and go, do you know what? 
I'm going to completely turn myself into this spiritual guru. And again, we're labeling, we're branding. It's just about coming away from it and going, do you know what? Why don't I pick up a book that's going to maybe give me a new perception on how I can be better in life? Why not? You know, if we read these books that are going to manifest, if we read sales books, they're going to help us sell more. We might sell more, but we might end up getting more and then wanting more and then actually hitting a, a, a plateau in the fact that we can't actually get any more. Maybe our life journey isn't supposed to give us more. We're actually okay with what we have. Or why don't I pick up a book that's going to actually help me be happier and better in life. You know, the Dalai Lama, I read his book as well, and he was saying it was during the time of the, when the Chinese invaded Tibet. And at that time, he was the happiest he ever, ever was because he knew due to him being, he's a completely fully awakened soul. You know, he's up there with, you know, the Buddha, with, with Jesus Christ in terms of this gentleman, is a fully awakened human being. Uh, the basics of life are enough for him and the fact that he's able to live his life day by day, even in the face of a, a calamic war, he was able to see the opportunity and to be happy. Now, surely that's what we all want, right? All these things on my desk, all that car downstairs that I've got, these brand new trainers, all this stuff isn't real. It's not the important part. And if you can agree that that's the way that you want to live, then that's cool. And I've got nothing and I do not resent or judge. But if you really want to experience everything from the green grass to the beautiful sunshine, even when it rains and not judging, living a life of complete non-judgment to experience around you and looking for opportunity to become a better human, then spiritual practices, meditation, mindfulness, all this stuff will help you along that way. And it's as simple as picking up the right book or watching the right podcast, listen to the right podcast or watching the right video that can just give you a different perception. And maybe that's the way that you go and it will come to everybody when you need it. If you trust in the universe that you're going to be given the signs and the guidance that you need at the right time. And the other thing is ask for it. How often do we actually, you know, sometimes we think we're stupid, but I, I, we, I call it prayer, but some people just speak openly to, to a power grade. And if you're in 12 step recovery, people will know what I'm talking about. Or if you're spiritual, like uh, Gabriel Bernstein, you know, we communicate to a power greater than us in the present moment consciously. And also when we pray as well, and we ask for signs. I'll give you an example. I, I found it very difficult early recovery and I asked for a sign during meditation and um, I ended up reaching out my hand to, because my, in, my, in my meditation suite and there was a, a, a flannel on the floor and I reached out my hand with my eyes closed and I picked up the flannel and the label read 100%. Uh, it was 100% polyester or whatever the 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 the, uh, yeah. the um, fabric was. But uh, I asked for this sign, and uh, you can believe it or you can't believe it. But why not believe it? Why not believe it? What is it about us that stops us from breaking through the barriers of this physical conceptual model of life into something more meaningful, more sacred? And something that generally is more powerful than we are because we think we're the power greater than us, but the power greater than us is, is the global universe. It's the glo is the, is the, is the global consciousness and it's, it's the universal uh, connection 
it, which is the unknown, which can give us the direction that we need to be better humans. I think, I think it's, it answers your question that you kind of finished with is, is, is why not believe that that was the, you know, that was a sign or, or, or whatever. I think, I think it's like, like so much, it all comes down to society. It all comes down to the environments that you're in, whether we're talking about, whether we're talking about the, the kind of racial struggles that we've got right now, whether we're talking about the biological struggles with the virus, whether we're talking about economic, whatever, or this, I think it comes down to how will I be perceived by my peers and colleagues and friends and family if I had that that stuff, we are we are raised and ingrained to to create a version of ourselves that fits the image that society demands. I think that we're surrounded by media and adverts and news that creates an image of, say, you know, for just for example, for English people, you know, we look at the, the last few years we've had you know we're we're threatened by foreigners you know coming over and stealing all our jobs all of this these conversations is in my opinion is around images and lines on a map that were decided when people used to carry fucking swords for god's sake it, it, it's all of this stuff is so yeah. archaic and i think i think in answer to your question i think that that is what our problem is is that we we have this image of ourselves that we're not able to be open-minded to have a conversation to just question i'm not saying whether one way is right or one way is wrong what i'm saying is we need the open-mindedness to be able to question if the way we currently are could be better not right or wrong could be better and i think it all stemmed down to if i was to say you know I, i'd be 100 honest with you if i was to say exactly what you just said i sat in a room and i prayed to a higher being and i reached out and got a got a flannel and it said 100 and that to me was a sign i 100 know that my friends and family would be like what a load of shit and and that i think is what stops us and i don't mean that in a derogative way i don't mean that you know horrible to you i'm just saying i think that is how society is wired we are not ready i think for this kind of thinking this kind of talking these kind of conversations where essentially we become vulnerable like we're talking about opening ourselves up completely to something completely out of our control and then telling everybody that I've just made a life decision based on what I read on a flannel. That is extremely vulnerable. And there's going to be, uh, there's going to be a perception of that decision from society, which is not going to be a nice one. Yeah. I mean, bear in mind you, so you hit, you said about why not, right? And you, you said it straight back to me in that um, people's immediate perception, when you say, why not, I guarantee whoever's watching this, not out loud, but in their head, that, that inner roommate, that chattering would have went off, well, that's a load of old shit. That, what a load of hippie crap that is. So there's no way I can do that. So who's that that's talking to you in there? Who's that that's talking to you? I find I find that fascinating. 
I think that I think it's you know I, I I think it's I think it's the context is how we're raised it's how we're if if you were raised in a religious family, I think what you said probably wouldn't sound mm. that crazy, but I wasn't. You know, my grandma was extremely religious. I was I was baptized, but you know, I never practiced, I never went, and I never really had any appetite for it whatsoever but if it was the other way around let's say i was from an extremely religious kind of um, background you might have said that and said you know it was a universe showing me and i think if i was say catholic the only thing i would disagree with was would probably be it's not the universe it's god but if someone's not religious which i think something crazy like 70 percent of the uk now is not religious which is huge a huge number um and that was a long time ago i saw something like that mm. um but it, it was up up in the up in the 70s i'm sure that means that i think that most of us don't now believe in a higher power so the fact whether the higher power is the universe god or whoever the fact that you said you got that signal that is what tells me which ultimately is society it's society that defines how we think because we're trained we're ingrained to think a certain way walk a certain way excuse my phone be a certain way look a certain way you know have a certain salary have a certain job title all of this stuff is is depicted on us all the time you know think about there's so much stuff that we we do and we see on the telly every day that chips away at us you know and you have to make a decision whether you agree with it or not but i mean i remember being involved in this huge facebook argument a few months ago right when piers morgan said that uh the the caboose you know the thing that you put like a harness on you put a baby in you carry it on your front chest daniel craig was was walking around with them and he said what's wrong with daniel craig he's become a it's something like he used the word hot like queer or something like that and obviously the world went nuts and started and i was like i never get involved in stuff like that but i was like hang on a minute this is personal to me now because i'm having a baby and i've genuinely brought one of those caboose things and i can't wait to wear it i'm i can't wait it's one of the things i'm looking forward to the most and i was just like (laughs) what are you what is your problem that that you're that you feel like you have to judge somebody and and then use the term, term queer as a as a derogative term which it shouldn't be in its own right but you're, you're you're offending so many people and I think one of the problems is Paul to answer your question is we can't disagree without being rude we can't disagree without attacking somebody. You know we've got it in safety now. Look at the conversations between safety one and safety two. We can't have that conversation between I'm trying to do something better by talking about safety two without absolutely slagging off safety one or vice versa. We can't talk about race or black life matters without thinking, or oh, you're forgetting white lives now. We can't talk about, you know, have, being transgender without being offended and going, no, science says that you're wrong. It's, it, society doesn't let us have these conversations and let us be a bit more spiritual or open-minded. Anyway, that's that's like a little rant yeah, I've, I've had in my head for a long time. So you release no, that box. <laughs> but you 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 know, but you're on the right lines, right? You're because the things that are the thing that holds us back is our ego. That's what holds us back from true liberation, right? I'm not religious. Again, religion is 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 a cult based. It's a people's story of how if to believe in something more powerful that's created the world that we live in right 
So, and everybody's hat is entitled to their own beliefs. And in 12 steps, we have a higher power and everybody's higher power in what they believe is different. I call it God. That's my choice. I believe in that because again, I can only talk and this is the, the, the basis of my talks that I do that I am a walking, living, breathing, luckily example of how my life has changed for the better. So you mentioned 70% of people that don't believe to 30% of the people that do. Okay. And you wonder why our world is an absolute fucking mess, right? An absolute mess. What if the Dalai Lama run our country? How do you think our world would run? How do you think that country would run? You know, and if you look at people like Piers Morgan, he's got a huge ego. You look at the people, you know, and this is, I'm trying not to uh, judge here, but I'm just, and there's nothing wrong. If I just, and your ego will always be there, but it's, it's being able to shatter that ego and become the person that you've always meant to be. Now that's, the 30% of people that perhaps believe in something greater. Let's not use the word God. Let's not use the word spiritual. Let's not use the word religion, but it's a matter of trust and it's a matter of surrender to the fact that I know people in 12 step mate that don't believe in God at all. You know, my grand sponsor, complete non-believer, but he believes a power greater than him is the fellowship in NA and AA that he has a connection to that group and that group is built through love and kindness. You know, the minute you walk into a 12 step group, you've got people hugging you, clapping you, congratulating you, guiding you, picking up the phone to you, talking to you all the time to help you with day to day, not drugs and alcohol day to day. When you feel like picking up, when you feel like you're having a bad day and you could end up using that is a power greater than the person himself, a power greater than you is, is a community. The problem that we have is that 70% of the world is living its life by ego rather than living its life through a power greater than you. And that power can be love. It can be love and kindness and compassion. So it's, it's that, it's that general, like I say, I keep saying it's a conscious shift, uh, a global awakening in the fact that there is something more powerful at work and that can be whatever you want it to be. You have the complete um, due diligence to create power greater than you, which is not you on your own, your beliefs. You know, I, I try and I'm not forcing my beliefs on anyone. I'm just trying to, there are probably out of that 70%, I'd say probably a large number of that are people that are generally unhappy, that are scared, that are fearful, that are suffering with anxiety, suffering with depression. All this stuff is going up. Why is it going up? because we are not changing, we are not transforming our lives into things. Why, if this stuff has changed my life and given me my life back and I'm generally happy, why wouldn't people want that? I don't understand why, but that's probably because that little thing inside of you is going, no, no way, this is absolute rubbish. I'm staying stuck to this story. This, and, and the louder this gets in your head, if somebody walked, this is the thing about that inner chattering, that inner roommate, right? I coach people on this all the time. It's getting that separation from the ego, which is the hardest thing to notice, but being aware of it. If you, uh, when I mentioned a lot of this stuff in your head's going, what a load of bollocks, what a load of umbo jumbo, I'm not religious, I'm not spiritual, reinforcing 
the security of what you see and do through these very limited senses as a human being in this short-lived time that you've got on this planet, if you're going to let that control you for the rest of your life, you are not going to know where you're going to end up. Now, I'd rather trust in the power greater than me, which is giving me my life back, rather than trust in the ego, which was slowly killing me which was slowly killing me. It was making me unhappy. I was never had enough. I always wanted more. I always wanted a new, th- I did everything. So I've given, I surrendered to something more meaningful, which has given me my life back. And I'm a testament to that being the case. Um, and yes, shit things happen or what we define as shit or bad or good. But I look at that experience, good and bad, even in the good times, I evaluate where is my opportunity what is the sign I'm being shown here in the present moment for me to move forward and stay on the path that was given to me at birth and to awaken consciously now if you want to believe that then that's your call if you don't want to believe that then that's fine but we're all certainly going to get to a time in our lives where we're going to hit a rock bottom or something traumatic is going to happen that was completely out of our control and because we're not consciously aware of the situation and how we're feeling we're going to end up losing complete control because we realize that we were not enough in terms of our ego and living our lives based on me and me alone and my beliefs. These are not beliefs. These are, this is my way of life. It's not a belief. It's not, I don't need to be justified by God coming down right now, shaking my hand and going, do you know what, Paul, you're completely right. I don't need to be justified by somebody else in, uh, um, as a Christian on this, on this podcast going, Paul, you're absolutely right. I know through experience that what I've done in terms of changing and transforming my life has given me something that I never had before. And if you want to live life differently, some people won't. They're happy. I know lots of people that are going to do it this their way. That's cool. But if we want a conscious shift in the way we live our lives, the way this world works, the way we come together, if we want to live by kindness, compassion, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that? If we want, you know, these killings to keep happening, you know, people to keep stabbing people, for people to keep racially discriminating people because of the pigment of their skin. If we, if that's something we're going to continue to have, then that's not out of my control. But if people generally want to start transform, <clears throat> 20 computers is stronger than one computer on its own. And that's my point is that we need to, number one, admit we have a problem. Number two, ask ourselves, do we generally want to change? And three, ask for help. And that's by reaching out to people like myself, like Russell, like Eckhart, and the Dalai Lama, these people that generally are happy and helping this world transform. Mm. Uh, there's, there's something I want to have a quick chat about, but I'm, I, I'm worried that this, this will probably could be a podcast in its own right. But we talk about that, that kind of, you, you talk about like, you know, harm being done by people to people because of ego, because of all that stuff. But we, there must have been, uh, there must have been a mismatch somewhere then, because the you know, similar, if not worse, harm and you know, lives have been lost and wars have been raged in the name of higher beings, in the names of gods and religions of, of you know, that Christ and and Allah and and probably every god has has been used to justify violence and if so that's probably 
if we were to look at it statistically, and I don't have any statistics, and even if I did, I probably won't remember them, but it's, it's statistically probably been more lives lost under the name, under the premise of a higher being, you know, people saying this is, this is God's will um, that I'm doing something like this to justify some horrific acts. So is, is the problem that not necessarily uh, it, it, what you're saying is it's not necessarily the fact that the higher being told him to do that or not. It's more that, that it's been, has it been utilized incorrectly or do you know what I mean? Like I suppose anything good can be used for bad. Is it kind of like that? Remember again, it's a really, really valid point, and uh, I think it's a global question, right? And uh, you know, unconscious behaviour uh, and uh, people's decisions to use uh, a religion or uh, or to give a reason to do harm to somebody, um, you know, is a change in the perception of that experience as it stands what everything that bad happens again we we call it bad is is a learning and a teaching which is going to help us evolve as human beings that's the main thing and it's i can talk about when people lose loved ones when people lose children early all these are horrible experiences you know i i, I hate to brand it because even I'm learning, you know, I've come across, uh, sorry to go off the religion side of it, because I think it, this kind of encompasses all in the fact that, you know, or the worst fear ever, you know, losing a child young, you know, or, or losing a family member, you know, we're all going to lose mums and dads and grandfathers and grandmothers. Um, our perception of that is, is negative when maybe it's a beautiful thing. And I'm not saying losing a child as a father young, you know, I'm very unfortunate that I haven't had that experience because I couldn't think of anything worse because I'm not quite there with understanding the principles of why yet, but there is a principle of why. And I trust that anything that happens in my life is a dedicated reason. You know, we, we always do this where, oh, well, if there was a God, we wouldn't have war, we wouldn't have this, but we are the inevitable creators uh, of, we are created in, in the image of a power greater than us to be able to manifest a world that we live in that's going to be able to uh, teach us lessons and be able to give us experience that's going to help. Um, uh, one day, we're, we're always moving forward, you know, we're farther forward, we're way further forward, sorry, than we were a hundred years ago, you know, 20 years ago, the world is ever evolving. We have to be careful that we're not putting too much reliance on things like technology and that for us to be able to suffice in the, the world becoming a better place as a result of these uh, things, you know, these man-made creations. And um, are we coming further away from that connection of why we're really here as human beings for um, to be one, to be connected to one another, to enjoy each other's experiences together to live a life, a humble life, an enjoyable life that can teach us things. It's all experience. Now, um, these things that are going on are creating a separation. But again, for, 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 uh, for metamorphosis to occur, the old must die. We have to have a, an experience in order to proceed to the greater good. We all have to have these things that go on in order for us to find our way in life, to be able to create better 
uh, experiences to find our way in the future. If it was all just given to us on a plate, if it was all just perfect, we wouldn't know what good was. We wouldn't have up without down. We wouldn't have bad without good. We wouldn't have these things that we justify and label and we, we name in terms of how we feel emotionally if we didn't have one and the other. It's the yin and yang, okay? Uh, but the religion side of it is, uh, uh, it's difficult. I can't speak for different religions and their perceptions of what they should be acting out and doing. But I do look at it as a, as a teaching, as a learning, as an experience, as an opportunity that we need to find our way. But the one thing I will say is that if if you if you retaliate with uh, fear with fear you're only going to spread fear if you retaliate with uh, a negative um, if somebody goes and um, uh, you know I got bullied when I was at school and I learned how to deal with my problems as a youngster with my fists um, and as I got older you know all that created for me was harm and unhappiness and actually the way that we can deal with these things is through love is with compassion and it's not to be dealt with in the negative because negativity will breed negativity there is a huge we are an ever, we're talking thousands and thousands of years of evolving, James. You know, this isn't going to happen overnight. And this is the other thing about the ego is that we are part of a much bigger, wider picture. We're only a very, very small elemental part of a very large experience. We're all part of a very big storybook and we will all leave our mark in our own way. And those marks might be extremely negative, but lead to better things, to better growth in our pharmaceutical way through our, our, our connection in religion, our connection to our higher power. Um, I can't speak again. I have to be really clear. I am not religious. I do not have a cultural belief in that. I pick up a book like the Bible and I believe in that story that was you know, written, it's not like God came down and written that book, you know, and again, the Christians and Catholics may disagree with me because they have their own belief. I only have a belief based on my experience, not based on what I've learned from others. The things that I've learned from gurus and sages like Russell and like Eckhart have only strengthened my ability to be able to be better in life. And that isn't a religion. That is just the way I go about my experience in this lifetime that I want to open more doors and be connected into the energy that encompasses all and be one with everybody else. And that only brings about loving, kind, compassionate acts. And that is completely separate from religion um, in the fact that some religions will perceive that as their backbone of their, uh, their future um, and the way that that religion goes and their beliefs. But um, I can't speak on how people act as individuals based on their beliefs. Um, but I can tell you that if it's done with compassion, kindness and care, then we shouldn't have any issues at all. But mm. we can't change the world in a day. We can only incentivize the right information, the right literature that is going to help people get there quicker. Um, and enjoy yourself doing it. Yeah, it's that's the beauty of it. I again, I word this again. I can only speak based on my experience, my belief. I don't know what that entity looks like, but I can tell you now that am I on the right path? A hundred percent, I am because I know that I've never been happier, 
and uh, I, I'm drawing experiences that bring me happiness. Mm. And surely that's what we all want. Yeah. So, like, the evidence of it working is 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 only applicable to you, really, I suppose, isn't it? Because it's worked for you. And if people don't want to believe that, then that's fine. Interesting that what you were talking about, that kind of fear grows fear. It reminds me of um, a saying I was told in school, and it probably one of, I could probably count on, on one hand how many things from school actually stayed in my head. Um, but when a line from Gandhi that said, an eye for an eye only makes the world blind, which I pretty much live my my life by now i love that saying just so simple so beautiful. beautiful um but anyway uh we've been talking for a while paul and you've mentioned podcasts books and videos so i'm going to put you on the spot i think i would like you if you can to tell our listeners one book one podcast and one video to watch if they're interested in what you're talking about oh one book <laughs> I mean, I'll go, I'll go a book a month. It really depends where you are. Um, again, a part of the spirit junkie is to be able to give people tools, to be able to find this stuff for themselves. Remember, you have to do the work. It won't be given to you on a plate. You need to investigate this stuff. So if, you're, you know, if you've got problems with addiction, uh, the fellowships of Anonymous are just incredible. And the 12-step recovery program will absolutely change your world. Uh, and it, will, it does work. You know, millions of people are free from uh, addiction, alcoholism, drug addiction, you know, because of the 12 step recovery program. So if you want to get away and you want to change your life and you want to stop drinking, you want to start doing drugs or any type of addiction, you know, there's all sorts, you know, from pornography, sex, the anonymous and 12 step program is the absolute go-to, um, you know, and if you want to read a book on 12 step recovery, Russell Brand's recovery book is, is fantastic. That's what sent me on my, that was the stepping stone of my journey. Um, they'll give you two really good books for understanding, for present-minded awareness and understanding conscious awareness, there's two books. Unfortunately, I can't do one because they're two <laughs> very instrumental books in my life. Uh, but number one is uh, Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now. The second one is uh, Michael A. Singer, Untethered Soul, which is absolutely wonderful from extracting and being able to transcend from the overthinking, um, chattering in the inner roommate mind to uh, be, being deeply seated in conscious awareness. Um, I would recommend for business owners, if you want, to get success in your life and in business. Deepak Chopra's uh, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success was incredible. Very short, very easy to understand. Seven steps of how you can live your life and be successful. Uh, for a podcast, I, mean, I really like Russell Brand's podcast on Luminary. Um, I watch them daily. Uh, Eckhart Tolle does some wonderful ones as well. Uh, and I do recommend uh, Russell Brand's YouTube channel. It, he's just, because it's not just Russell, he, he interviews some of the world's greatest spiritual uh, and uh, um, deeply conscious sages. And there's some incredible content. And it's not all going to make sense. It's a journey. So I, that is, for me, those are the tools that I use at my disposal. I think uh, I think I think Russell Brand comes with a bit of a, uh, a he's like Marmite. Previously, I think people will love him and hate him, and anyone that hates him, I think needs to check out his uh, his stand up on on the Netflix. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called. It's something like recovery or something like that. But basically, he he just mocks himself 
the entire time. I feel like Russell, I've followed Russell for a long time. I love Russell Brand. I've, I've, I'm definitely one of his biggest advocates. And I'm just fascinated by this journey he's gone on. But I, I, I really, you know, kind of want the listeners, anyone that thinks, oh, I'm not going to check out Russell's stuff because I hate him. Just check out his stand-up on Netflix first if you previously didn't like him. Because you can see he's mocking himself you can see that he has gone through this transition and now he's looking back on himself and he talks about his he, i feel like he's talking about his spiritual transition through through the medium of of comedy and stand-up which is just fascinating so anyone that you know don't don't tar him with a brush now he's a completely different man and it's fascinating to see yeah the it was called the Messiah Complex, actually. It was really, really good. Um, but the one thing, the word that you use there, hate, you know, uh, if you hate anybody, you've got an issue. You've got a problem with um, perhaps your way of life. I don't think we should hate anybody. Um, you know, we can maybe disagree and we have a right to maybe disagree. But um, remember, people are on their own journeys. It's nothing to do with you. And it, it may affect you in experience, but holding on to that and attaching to that as something that's going to bother you for, for the rest of your days. Why, why, why not look at the beauty and what people are trying to achieve? You know, even, you know, if you look at again, Piers Morgan, he's got some really indifference in opinion, love or hate. He's my mate. I don't really have an opinion on him. Some of the things he says, it just comes from a, a deeply ingrained ego or unconscious or experience-based profiling. You know, somebody, um, you know, if you've had an experience with somebody uh, and uh, they've done something to harm you, we hold on to that and that shapes how we look forward. So if we come across somebody that looks the same, you know, if we see a car, it's in Michael A. Singer. Sorry, I know you probably want to go, but it's in Michael A. Singer and he was saying about we could be driving, we could be driving along in a car and, um, and uh, we, could be, we could drive past a, uh, a blue Mustang and the blue Mustang looks exactly the same as the car that you had when you had an ex-girlfriend that harmed you. And then immediately you're already there. You see those pictures, those images of that experience that happened. Automatically, you're causing yourself harm. In the present moment, we have a choice. We have a choice to love or we have a choice to hate. We've got a choice to hold on to the past or we've got a choice to let go. And I tell you what, that, that, is, and that is what surrender is. Surrender it. Right, it was what it was. There's nothing that's going to change. I've learned from it because I am where I am today. I'm not in that relationship anymore, and I'm in a position where I can learn from it and I can move forward. There's things. Never use the word hate. Use the word love, and just see what happens. Hmm. What a great way to finish. That was beautiful. Uh, I was going to say something, but I'm, I'm not going to. I don't want to tar. I don't want to ruin what, how you just finished that with, with with any kind of dross that I might come out with. Um, so why don't you give us a, a quick shout out into uh, all the stuff you're doing? You're doing some amazing stuff in the health and safety world, uh, which would be good to just just get a little plug for because um, anyone that might know might not know. Sorry, um, but also what you're doing with Onion and uh, the, the the new up and coming spirit junkie, which also, also, I would like to add, that's a fucking great name. That is a great name. Spirit Junkie <laughs> is phenomenal. I love that. 
great marketing and i love how it's got a yeah. connection with your past as well, well i don't know if that's that's how you came across it but like yeah. you know the, the drug habit and stuff you, you struggled with and now it's kind of saying well my new habit is spiritualism i love it and there's so much there well done good choice yeah well as as drug addicts and alcoholics will always know that i'm still an addict um but i'm now addicted to a new way of life and uh, that's the purpose is that i'm a uh, the spirit junkie and that's that's my new way um but yeah so uh the i'm i'm the ceo and founder of a company called uh, well it's paul clark sales consulting limited but the we we trade under hsc global series which is a global health and safety events management firm in the uk europe north america and middle east uh we provide senior leadership gatherings for key decision makers all over the world from major brands and and organizations. Um, we also have a product called HSC Network, which is a digital content site where we provide health and safety literature, videos, podcasts, content uh, to our 3,000 plus membership network all over the world. Um, we have a charity called HSC Global Series Foundation, which is a charity where we raise money to give back to families that are affected by workplace incidents and fatalities. Um, and then on the mental health side, I have the Onion Group, which is only on Facebook uh, and it's a, it's a, a um, a free um, uh, group page from where we provide content information on 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 mental health recovery but we also do we were doing mental health uh, onion fellowship groups where people get together meet with others that suffer to support one another which was really good until the lockdown but we do those virtually as well and then there's the um, spirit junkie so the spirit junkie is a new I've had a lot of opportunities to speak lately so this is just a it's kind of bringing all the pieces of the puzzle together it's uh, it's a content membership site for uh, spiritual and uh, mental health recovery based videos and content done by myself uh, it's a place for people to reach out to for one-to-one -one coaching and it's also a place for if you would like me to come and speak at any events or seminars or webinars whatever it is or podcasts it's uh, a way of getting information on me to be able to get me involved and speak and share my experience with other people so that's that's me amazing a very busy man cracking mate well done thank you very much for coming on the podcast and uh Thanks. it was great to talk to you again it was great to hear 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 you know a really passionate kind of message around something that is, is quite topical at the moment i think something that a lot of people need to hear yeah i just hope people you know i'm not expecting everybody to get it but um, just I hope you come out of it thinking differently but if you start to think differently act on it you know maybe that's a sign awesome cheers buddy okay peeps I hope you enjoyed that conversation well, what do you think let me know in the comments below if you're on YouTube or if you're not and you're driving or something like that. Don't please don't comment on me, uh, on well, on me. Don't comment on me. Obviously that would be like some weird version of tattooing. Um, don't comment whilst you're driving. Remember the message. Maybe even think on it more. Maybe elaborate, ponder it a little bit more, and send me a message on LinkedIn, James McPherson or Rebranding Safety. Come and find us on LinkedIn. I'm probably most active on LinkedIn, if I'm honest, because I find most of our listeners are on there. But I still talk to you on Facebook, which is Rebranding Safety. I still talk to you on Twitter, which is Safety Rebranded. I know, 
that's annoying me just as much as it annoys you that we couldn't get rebranded safety handle. If you can think of any better ideas for a rebranded safety handle uh, on Twitter that fits the, the word limit, because that was our problem, then let me know. But come and chat with me. Let me know what you think. Was Paul open-minded? Was Paul, um, in your opinion, encouraging you in a way to be open-minded yourself and not maybe not start meditating tomorrow or start believing in higher being tomorrow, but to consider it, to see the benefits in it, to even be open to have a conversation about the potential benefits on it. Let me know what you think. I really enjoyed that conversation with Paul. I like talking with Paul in general anyway, if I'm honest. I kind of like how down to earth and kind of lads lads he is, like he's a rugby fan and he plays rugby, but yet he's still going through this kind of, it's this kind of like spiritual journey. Do you know when we think of like spiritual, like, like here's an example, right? I'm quite a big fan of Rich Roll. So if you don't know Rich Roll, Rich Roll essentially is a, um, kind of like Wall Street lawyer kind of thing. He was a lawyer, I can't remember if it was Wall Street, but he's like this big business lawyer in America. And he was living this life of, I think it was drugs and alcohol, but um, he essentially was just not happy with his life, not going to a great place. He was a lawyer and he, long story short, found veganism and then found um, spiritualism and meditating and all this. Now, my point here is that Rich Roll, as much as I really like his stuff, he fits that stereotype of hippy-dippy, right? He's probably too far for some people in that he, he sleeps outside in a tent most nights, doesn't have a TV in his house. I mean, when he said he doesn't have a TV in his house, my, I was watching that video and my wife was next to me and she was like, what? Like, you know, my wife loves the TV. And I understand what, the messages around it, you know, it's, it's, it's living in the moment, moving away from the distractions of the TV and just being comfortable in yourself. I, I understand that, I get it. But it's like, he fits this stereotype, he's vegan, he's like whole foods diet 24-7, I think he wears his prayer beads on him, like, he's, uh, he sleeps outside in a tent, like, he, like, doesn't have a TV, like, he fits a stereotype of this kind of hippy-dippy, uh, spiritual kind of person. We think that, if anyone's watched the Down to Earth series that's on Netflix right now with Zac Efron, it's kind of like the episode where they all live in the woods, like he fits that kind of stereotype. It's all a bit like, ooh, it's a bit weird. Um, so it, it's really hard to relate. Like I listen to Rich Roll because he's like this huge ultra marathon triathlon person and I quite like triathlons and stuff. So that's why I listen to him. But I'm really in intrigued by this spiritual side of things. But sometimes he says stuff that are a bit far for me and I can't relate to them. Um, and that's the thing with Paul. Like he's not that. Like, this dude throughout coronavirus is, like, DJing live parties on Facebook of, like, proper, like, house tunes and, like, like just some wicked tunes. And it's just, like, and he's covered in tattoos and he's, like, a loud lad and he plays rugby. But then he has a really deep and insightful conversation around mental health and well-being and spiritualism and, and meditating. And it's just, like, this dude does not fit that stereotype. But it, you, he has these really deep and meaningful conversations. And that's what I really like about Paul, is, is those kind of conflicting worlds in a way, those two, two contrasting worlds that just are 
clash together to create Paul. And he's relatable. Like, he's totally relatable. And that's what I really like about it. And that's what you should think about when you're, you're listening to Paul. And I probably should have said this at the beginning of the podcast, but, you know, you probably start listening to Paul and thinking, oh, he's probably sitting there with his prayer beads on and a robe like Russell Brand or something like that. He ain't. Like, he's just a dude, man. Like, he's just a cool guy. Like, he's just a normal, relatable bloke that's gone through something and found a, uh, uh, found a solution. And it, I just, I just really liked it. It was one of my favourite conversations so far. I think I say that about everybody. I just genuinely love everybody that comes on this podcast. In next week's episode, it is the final episode of the Health and Wellbeing mini series. How have you found it so far? I hope you've enjoyed it. Engage with me. Come and tell me what you've liked about it. Which one's been your favourite episode? Have you gone through this kind of journey like I have, where you're you, you, you're realising, ah, maybe I should start doing it. The conversation with Carla was big for me, actually, was really big as we were talking about health and well-being and what we eat and how it impacts us and how it is already impacting my life and exercise and stuff like that. And, and I'm sitting there like, geez, I don't do any of that stuff, man. And I'm like, I think I literally had a Domino's the next day after that. I felt such a hypocrite, such a hypocrite. And then the following day, I was running again. I'm on my bike again. And you know what? I don't have great weeks. I, can't, like, I think my last week or the week before was the first week where I was proper back on it. And I, was, I ran like three times. I went bike for two times. That's five exercises a week. I'm happy with that. I did some good exercise. And I treat myself for the week and I have a couple of beers. Do you know what? Dude, you've got to treat yourself. Like, you've got to take this in baby steps. If you start tomorrow and be like, boy, I'm going to be vegan. I'm going to start preaching to the Buddha. And I'm going to run triathlons. And I'm practically going to become Rich Roll or Russell Brown, I ain't going to work. Like This stuff comes in baby steps, man. So take your time. Think about that episode a long, long time ago where we talked to, oh my God, what's his name? What's his name? Ex-Marine turned psychotherapist. Oh, I should know this. I talk to him all the time. His name's just completely left my brain. Anyway, he talks about marginal gains, yeah? Like, them little wins. I didn't have a pizza today. I didn't have a takeaway today. I went for a 10 minute run today. I went for a two minute run today. I moved today, yeah? I had more water than what I normally do today. I ate less crap today. Whatever it is, if you have five Snickers a day, today I only had four Snickers. That's a marginal gain. That's a win. You gotta celebrate those wins. And don't feel so guilty when you treat yourself because this stuff is a journey. Yeah, stop focusing on the destination, it's a journey. So let me know, are you on the journey? Where are you on the journey? Have you not started? Are you not gonna start? I, I just wanna talk to you peeps, because I think conversations are the best way for us to learn. So there's something that you know that I wanna know. So let's converse, people. Anyway, the next episode is the last episode, and it's gonna be good, because it wasn't planned as being in this mini-series. This was meant to be the last episode. But I had this conversation with Tanya and it was all about meaningful work, like creating meaningful employment. And I thought, this really fits. And this would end that mini-series quite well. We're talking about creating a business where it means something to us. Like she says, we always think about sending people home from work the way they came to work. But why can't we send people home better 
than how they came to work. And she talked a lot about Pat Mancioni and she talked a lot about Southwest Airlines. And I mean, in, even herself, she admits that basically she just she's just regurgitated everything from Pat Mancioni. She absolutely loves the guy. And I can see why. Like, I've been checking him out since I spoke to her. Um, so next week's going to be a great chat all about meaningful employment. And I feel like we can take everything we've learned around the technology in health when we spoke to Consta. We can take our kind of creating authentic relationships when we've spoken to Michelle. We can take our focus on health and our in-depth knowledge excuse me i've got a mega itchy nose oh and our in-depth knowledge of diets when we spoke to carla and our eye-opening conversation with paul clark around well-being and spiritualism and mental health and take that into this conversation with tanya where we talk about creating a meaningful employment and hopefully you feel the same as I do in that we've created ourselves a little health and well-being toolbox to actually create some meaningful employment so that's next week's episode I'll catch you next week people thanks for listening don't forget to buy us my nose is so itchy don't forget to go and buy our merchandise you can go check it out Um, a customer messaged me the other day and said that really nice quality they brought a sweatshirt and a t-shirt really nice quality really comfortable and really good to wash as well which was some really handy feedback i didn't know that so really good to wash apparently that's some feedback i've received so go check them out buy yourself a sweatshirt and t-shirt they're my favorite the mugs are pretty cool as well man do you know the tote bags are cool as well working on a new product for us all as well but go check that out buy something and help us out help me feed the baby that's on the way to this household go to www.rebrandingsafety.com and you will be able to get yourself some friggin' awesome merch I'll catch you next week in a podcast. Don't forget to hit all the buttons that do us some good stuff. And if you think of anyone that could benefit from listening to this episode, hit share as well, because that really helps us. Listen to it on Apple. Give us a rate and a review. We would absolutely love that. We really appreciate all the reviews we get. So thank you very much for everyone who's done that so far. I'll catch you next week, people. Safe.